welcome to the Heat Check Podcast, the Miami Herald's Miami Heat Podcast. I'm David joined as always on the other line by Anthony Chang. I'm Heat Beat right here at the Herald. Anthony, what's going on? Nothing much, David. How are you? I feel, by the way, it feels like this has been just like every week a different narrative. Like every, one week it's bad, one week it's good, one week it's bad, one week it's good. I guess that's why they're basically a 500 team at this right, point. Right, exactly. <laughs> um, Honestly, maybe that's where we should start on this yeah. week's episode, uh, because uh, as you say, we last week we came on and it was like uh, panic mode, right? They had lost uh, it was right after the road trip, right? So yeah. they lost four in a row. Um, now we come back. They've won three in a row. Uh, we could <laughs> lose tonight. We're recording this uh, Wednesday morning. They played the Celtics uh, in Boston tonight. Uh, our colleague Barry Jackson uh, is in the building. Jimmy Butler uh is not, I guess, or, or will no. not be suiting up. Um, so who, who knows what's going to happen tonight? But I think the um, yeah, we didn't have it on our rundown that we just went through. But but just the kind of the uh, herky jerky uh, whiplash nature of this heat season, um, as you noted, like that's what, kind of what happens when you're a 500 team, but not always, right? Like you don't have sometimes 500 teams don't have streaks like this, right? They're just like yeah, you know, mediocre, right? They they lose one and then win the next and lose one and win the next two and then lose two in a row. But this Heat team has really been, um, you know, obviously a lot of it has to do with some of the injuries they've had, but has really kind of had these stretches where they look, I don't want to say incompetent, but look like, you know, look bad, right? They look like yeah. maybe not a playoff team. Um, and then some stretches, which, you know, the last couple of nights, are, it's not like they've like beaten championship contenders, right? But uh, they've at least like, you know, still playing shorthanded have looked pretty good for a team that's, that's playing, you know, without its, its best player for the most part here over the last uh, couple of weeks. Uh, well, well, I guess, what do you, what do you make of that, that um, back and forth nature we have seen to this season? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with the injuries, right? Like they have yeah. different guys available pretty much every game. And like for the last two weeks, it's been like nine or fewer available each game. Right. And some of that was with, most of that was uh, Jimmy and Tyler. Some of it was without Jimmy Tyler and Bam, you know, so I think that has kind of played a role in it. And also, yeah, they've got, they've looked bad at stretches and they've lost four in a row, obviously, at one point this year. Um, but they really don't get blown out. It's like right, they've, played the mo- they've played them tied for the most clutch games in the NBA at 15. So 15 of their 21 games have really come down to the final few minutes, um, like even on that road trip where they were on four. They were leading at halftime, I think, of every three of the four games, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, three of the games, they were leading in the fourth quarter, I think. Like, they could have easily won a couple of those games. You're right. two and two, and that's a totally different outlook. Um, so, some of it, I think, is just losing, like, bad bounce in a lot, some of these close games. And some, and a lot of it, I think, is just the injuries. Yeah, I guess that's maybe what it is. When, we, when, you know, when you talk about 500 teams, the... Really, what happens with 500 teams is you're in a lot of close games, yeah, and they go, right. they tend to break 50, 50. You know, that's why teams that have a good record and are playing a lot of close games, the common assumption is they're going to come back to earth, or, or vice versa. If you're losing right. a lot of close games, you're going to regress to the mean. Um, good. And they're teams, seven and eight right now in clutch games, so that kind of shows you like that's where they are. They're 500. Yeah, right. Teams. Yeah, good teams yeah. avoid those clutch games altogether, right? Like. Um, I know the Celtics, when they got really hot down the stretch last year, they were just, like, blowing teams out. It was, right. like, leap no doubt. Um, and that this Heat team just isn't, even with the bad teams, right? The the way you pad your record is by not playing close games against 
uh, bad competition. And yeah, Nikita, I, every every team that every game is close. Fifteen of how, how many? Of twenty one. Fifteen of twenty one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I and like the, the team with the fewest clutch games are the Bucks, which kind of shows like they're right, just exactly. dominant. You know, yeah. like I don't I don't the think it's like the fewest clutch games are either the really good or the really bad teams. Really and bad. Usually the really good teams, because even the really bad teams play close games quite a bit because you, the way NBA works with three point shooting and all that kind of stuff. Lakers have the second most clutch games. Yeah, the other end of the spectrum of the Bucks. Um, so yeah, I I, I don't think it's well, like they've been terrible. playing better later. Better they've been playing they've been playing better, but still. Um, they. I don't think it's like a terrible sign that he are playing so many close games. Obviously, it means they're like they're competitive, but obviously, like you said, it's not the best sign. Um, yeah, it means they kind of are what their record says. They kind of, yeah, right now, like, you know, they can get it, better, but right now they are right. what their record says. And so, again, some of that's injuries, but like, yeah, if you're one of the best teams in the NBA, ideally, you're not going to be playing a lot of close games. Yeah. Um, okay, so now let's uh, jump on the narrative because that's uh, what we tend to do every time yeah. we come on. It, it seems like these podcasts, as we said, have really synced up nicely with like <laughs> the next day. It kind of feels like they win or yeah. if they've been on a losing streak, they win the next or if they've been on a winning streak, they lose. Uh, this has been a pretty good week for the Heat, though, uh, again, considering the injuries they've been dealing with uh, to get three wins in a row. Um, is this. Again, we've kind of had this conversation a couple times, but this is three in a row now, right? And doing it without Jimmy, um, it, it, have they stabilized? Do, do you think they have, um, after that road trip, that again, like we said, probably, you know, if, if they go two and two, which they easily could have, I think the narrative is a lot different coming out of that, that sure. get a couple of wins with all their dudes missing. Um I don't know. Do, do you see this trending finally in the right direction where now we are not going to be talking about the heat? What's wrong? I mean, I, maybe, obviously, we're always going to talk about what's wrong with the heat because that's what we do yeah. uh, as Miamians. But um, <laughs> are we at the point where it's like we're, we're, we're they're they're a playoff team. They're going to be OK from now on. Do you, do you think they have stabilized a little bit here? I guess. I mean, they won three in a row, so it's hard to say they haven't stabilized. It's just I mean. No offense, David, but the Wizards just are not great. And no, they're, like two they're, home they're wins, gritty. Yeah, I mean, they're not like the worst thing in the NBA, obviously, but they're just, you know, the two wins against the Wizards is not going to change my opinion about the season. It was impressive they did it with all the injuries they're dealing with. Right. And also, by the way, like Kyle Lowry is not in the injury report, but he is very sick. Like, if you see him in the locker room, last at least the last few games, the last one against Washington and then against the Hawks on Sunday, extremely sick. Um, like just a cold and it's been going around the team. So like guys are injured, guys are playing really sick. Um, and to win three, that's an accomplishment. We don't do it without your best player. Um, so I think they have stabilized somewhat, but it's going to take a little bit more of a sustained stretch for me to really like be like, okay, they, they found an answer. And especially like, I, we don't know what it's going to look like when they're healthy. Right. Like yeah. I think the conversation we have to have too is like, bam, I'm going to buy it. Right. He's, this might be arguably the best stretch of his NBA career that he's in right now. I know it's mm-hmm. a short stretch but like the last four or five games like starting with that phoenix game and really the last two scoring over 30. he had some, some pretty good moments on the road too even though yeah, yeah. Uh, i know people were probably frustrated with him by the end of that minnesota game yeah. but he's the second half of that road trip he was really good it looks like he's turning the corner offensively it really does but the question is can he do this with jimmy's back right, right. like can he obviously it's a different uh different spacing different opportunities within the offense when Jimmy's in there. I mean, Jimmy's your best player. Um, he's either your leading scorer or second leading scorer. So 
I think that's, you know, we have to wait and see what it's going to look like when Jimmy's back. And also, I, I just want to see it more and see them maybe stack some wins against some better teams. Yeah. And really feel like, okay, things have turned. Yeah, I mean, this again, all three of those games were clutch games again, right? Yeah, like they right. were They were games that easily could have gone either way. Um, and, you know, if you're looking for wins against good teams, Boston at Boston, at Boston, at Memphis um, is a really, really tough stretch uh, Wednesday night and then uh, this weekend. So Honestly, if they, get, if they get one of those three and you end this trip two and two, a pretty tough trip because even Atlanta, like, there wasn't an easy game in Atlanta. Yeah, playoff team. That's and without Jimmy for at least two of the games, like you take that, right? So they've set themselves up well. They really to have like a successful trip. You just need one of these last three. Yeah, um, and that would that would go a long way because again, yeah. the, the there's two parts to this equation for the Heat. One is just like they're losing to bad slash mediocre teams and playing too many close games. Um, number two, they kind of still just don't have a lot of impressive wins, right? Like the Phoenix game uh, that we dedicated like a whole podcast to a few weeks ago um and they probably four in a row after that golden state but golden state is you know that's i i mean i'm not giving up on golden state but not as impressive a win i think as uh it maybe looks at at that moment yeah yeah. um so honestly atlanta was probably one of the more impressive wins yeah exactly i could add atlanta yeah at at portland has portland's been better than people expected but like really the marquee wins have kind of been few and far between for this team, which, you know, would be okay if the record was better and they were just beating up on, but right now this team is not beating up on bad teams and they're also not um, beating good teams with any sort of regularity. Um, and again, we're saying this all after they've won three in a row without Jimmy Butler. And yeah, you know, it's like not, not the worst t- moment for the heat this year, but um, yeah, as you said, there's still, not everything is solved just because of no. the winning streak. Although they had to get those, like, you know, yeah, they ha- kind of had to get start piling up some wins. And you know, it's hard to beat a team not a back to back with the Wizards or right? Thanksgiving in between, but two games in three days hard to beat a team like that um, at Atlanta, like you said, tough win. Like those are not super impressive wins, but to get those wins, like those are all like I don't know B plus victories yeah. for the Heat or whatever B B plus victories. Yeah, and, and, like, to put things into perspective, like, everything is still in front of the Heat. Yeah, the season right, didn't yeah, start yeah, the way. They're, they're two and a half games out yeah. of five. Like, two and a half games out of, out of the fourth seed. Yeah. And the Pacers are four. Like, do you think the Pacers are going to finish ahead of the Heat hey, when ben it's all said and They look really good, but, it, I mean, I kind of no, be surprised. Yeah, exactly. Right? That, so, it's still there for them. Like, it's still very early. But they do have issues to still solve. And, like, I want to talk about Bam because I want to discuss some of the positives. And Bam has definitely been a positive. Yeah. But... We've talked about this every week. The biggest issue I see, and I think the most interesting part of this Heat season so far, and maybe it's not interesting to some people, but the fact that they've been playing so much zone. Right. Some of it is injuries, but I just think the splits between the zone and the man are concerning. Like, are they just going to play zone all season long? Like, is that going to – because the man isn't working. They have the worst – second worst man defense in the league. And, again, some of that's injuries, but even when they were healthy, Mm -hmm. their man defense was not good. So are they, are they just going to stick with zone and hope that teams can't figure it out all year? I just think it's super interesting kind of like how they're how they're utilizing it. Obviously, it's a re- NBA record. But B, like how they haven't really figured out how to fix their man defense yet. I got to say, it's not a good moment for zone defense because Syracuse basketball is really, 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 really bad. 
Um, so uh, not a great sign <laughs> if you're trying to run zone. Although Syracuse now runs more man than they ever have, so maybe it is a good sign if you want to run zone. Stick to the zone; it works. <laughs> I just, I just, that's my biggest thing. Like, is this sustainable? Because yeah, at some I point they have it. to play man, right? Like, so until I see them like correct their issues on that on that end with that scheme, I just don't know if this is like, you know, right now they're just trying to win every game they can and just try to fight and claw their way to wins because they need they right, they just need wins. Need win. The Cyclones and the guys are hurt, but. Long-term formula, like I still think there's so many things they need to kind of address before could we could say, oh, this team is this team has it going, you know? Yeah. Could, could they play zone? Like, I, it's not going to work in the playoffs. I know it worked in the bubble playoffs, but that was because it was the knuckleball then, right? right? Like they had you're, going, you're not using it 60 possessions, yeah. Right. <laughs> and then they would throw they threw it out uh, toward the end of the Celtics series, and the Celtics had no answer for it. Um, I don't think in a full seven-game series, like it works because you run it couple times the other team figures out how to break his own like they've right. been doing that since they were five years old um but in the regular season could, could it kind of work like i've never really thought about it but like you know if the heat are the only i know they're i know they're not the only team running zone but they run it way more than anyone else yeah, might have not even yeah not even close yeah, yeah like it um like it's kind of like it's weird it's like the inverse of how it works syracuse always tends to do better in the ncaa tournament because they're playing these teams not from the ACC or the biggest right. in the day that no, were used to it. for the zone. And, you know, they uh, destroyed a, like, number one in the country Indiana team one year to get to the Final Four by doing that. I think it kind of got Tom Crean fired. Um, he, very, very important heat figure, Tom Crean. Um, but, uh, Wayne Wade, Victor Oladipo. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and then in the NBA, it's the opposite because if you're in a seven-game series – they're going to figure out the zone, right? It's it's like you're playing a I mean, with them. And then the regular season, could it work if the Heat, you're seeing zone once every month when you play the Heat? Like, right. it kind of feels like it could, like you said, it's not sustainable. Like, there's a reason no one else does it. Definitely not going to work in the playoffs. But, like, as you said, it's just stack wins. It's not the be- not the worst idea in the world. No, and, and it's worked, honestly. Like, all of a sudden, you know, two weeks ago, the Heat were, like, 20th in defense. Now they're in the top 10, yeah. and it's not because of their man defense. It's because their zone has been so effective. They're using their zone on 30% of their defensive possessions. Yeah. 30%. And on and like over the last week or two, it's probably like 70%. Right. Because they've, Yeah, when Jimmy's know, out. Guys, like, yeah. Like, mm. But that – and it's – it the splits, again, are like second-worst man defense, yeah. top three zone defense. And the fact they've been so good on zone – has negated their struggles in man, and they're a top 10 defensive unit. Like, that's crazy. Like, the, to yeah. me, that's why it's, like, just fascinating to me, like, how things are kind of unfolding and how the Heat are kind of, you know, trying to survive on the defensive end at this point because there's so many holes with their man-to-man. Um, I, I Maybe he continues it. I, I just yeah. – I am I am fascinated by it. Like, I, 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 at first I was like, this is not going to – you can't continue doing this, but it's working. So yeah, quarter of the way turn, in, and they're still just yeah. doing it. Why go away from it? So we'll see. I think I asked you this same question last week. Why? Why? I mean, you mentioned the injuries, obviously, and we haven't seen Jimmy out there. I don't, you know, not since the last time we recorded, right? So um, it's not like we're getting a better sample size of why this man has issues. But what? What? Why do you think this man defense is struggling in a well, way I, that, you know, on paper this team that's that should be the bread and butter when he got. Jimmy Bam and, and Kyle Lowry. They've had a lot of struggles with pick and roll coverage this year. Their pick and roll defense has not been good. 
Um, and again, some of that's injuries, but some of it, like even when they were healthy, they were just having a lot of miscues. I don't know if it's like just getting used to different lineups and that was just mm-hmm. an early season thing that we they never got to fix because guys haven't been together over the past month because of, because of, you know, all the injury yeah. issues. Uh, and some of it is two-point shooting, honestly. Like it, it's not sustainable at them. I don't think the man is going to be that bad. I don't think the zone is going right. to be this great. Like some of it is just like teams are shooting, I think, 29% from three against the zone and they're shooting like 39% from three against the man. And in there, I'm sure there may be a little more open shots in the man because teams are into the, you know, into the paint easier and driving kicks because, you know, the heat's issues against pick and rolls. But some of it's just teams are making more shots against the man. So, but bottom line is, like, the man defense hasn't been that good. Um, And they're going to have to solve that to have any long-term success in the playoffs. Unless they, they unless they become the first team ever to win a championship by just playing <laughs> 80 possessions of zone a game, that'll be that would be a great storyline. It would honestly be awesome. <laughs> be cool. I mean, I mean, I'm all for it. But I just we've never seen it happen. Jim so Bay it's hard to, hang a banner for that. I mean, he'd have to go to the finals, right? Like he'd be there. <laughs> I think Spo would have to hire him as assistant coach or something. Oh, that would that would be great for Syracuse. <laughs> they hired Jim Bayham away these days. No, not looking very good for the Orange. Um, but yeah, we just never have seen it, so it's hard to expect that to actually work. At that in that you know at that level in the in that stage. All right, so we're we're about halfway into this podcast and we barely mentioned Bam Adebayo when that has probably been the single biggest story. We're so negative. Season, we're so right? negative. I know, I know, I know. I, we got <laughs> sidetracked. I was planning on getting Bam to like like second topic here, but the uh, we got we got into the zone. We got I got to vent a little bit about Syracuse. Um, uh, it was a. a the natural flow of the conversation. But anyway, Bam, you touched on it. Probably the best yeah. little stretch of his career. Um, 38 points against the Wizards on Friday. Uh, follows it up with 32 against Atlanta on Sunday. Um, uh, how about how about this? Has he turned the corner? If the, the Heat, we, we, we're, we're waiting yeah. to pass judgment on whether the Heat has turned the corner. But has Bam turned the corner um, with what we've seen? Again, the last couple of games, but I, uh, you know, the last week, but I even think there were some really good moments going back to the Phoenix game, right? That was kind of, they obviously went on the road after that and, and lost four in a row, but he's over the last, what is that? Seven game, eight games. Then I, I'd say he's been like pretty awesome for the most part. Yeah. I, I think there's no doubt that he's a better offensive player, right? And we've seen him like he, he develops more offensive tools every year like he comes back a better player offensively every year so mm-hmm. that's not a surprise um but i think some of it is just more opportunity because jimmy's out so i still want to see what it looks like when jimmy's playing like is he going to go back to a guy who takes 10 12 shots a game and scores 18 points which is fine but i just if he continues scoring 25 points a game on like seven, 16 shots you know he's not going to take 20 shots when jimmy's there but yeah you can just up it a little bit like i think that's a good sign so I still want to see what it's going to look like when Jimmy's there. But naturally, like, we've talked about it. The spacing when Bam and Jimmy are on the court isn't great. Yeah. So there's more space for Bam to operate when Jimmy's not in there. I'm not saying they're a better team without Jimmy, but for Bam individually, like, it's easier for him offensively. Um, So I think that's played a little, you know, that's helped Bam during this stretch. Um, But no doubt, like, finishing against length, he's gotten better. He's a better, he's better at getting to his spots. Um, All each of his 28 made baskets in the last two games have come inside the paint, which I think says something like he's a guy that last year, he depended a lot on that mid range, like 16 footer, you know, at the elbow that wasn't really not an efficient shot. 
Um, yeah, it was a good way. It was a good uh, a good tool to have in the yeah. toolbox, but can't be uh, can't be no. your your go to no. weapon, which it kind of felt like it was. It too felt like it was, year. and but th- but this year, or at least the first couple of weeks, he did take that shot a lot actually. Yeah. But the last like two or three weeks, he's really made an effort and an adjustment to just pretty much all of his shots are coming in the paint. Even the jumpers, like those little short jumpers that are from like kind of the in between range. Right, you're not even really taking a jumper that free point. throw like, line. Take yeah, a, it's like a push, push shot. Yeah. yeah, so it's just he. It's the way he's getting his shots. It's the way he's getting to his spots. Uh, it's his shot selection. Um, he's getting, you know, he's. I think he's more effective as a roller now. His pick and roll game with Tyler is great. Um, so yeah, he's evol- He's continuing to evolve and grow. And I think you we're doing a disservice to Bam when we compare him to Draymond Green, right? I think that's the easy that comparison. He's a much better offensive player than Draymond Green. Yeah. Draymond's great, but he's a much better offensive player than Draymond Green. I don't think that's even close. Like, if, if Bam was on a team, this roster without Jimmy, he'd average 25 points a game. Easily, yeah. Yeah. I think. Um, so, Bam is a good offensive player. Is he, is he uh, you know, a three-point shooter yet? No. Um, but he's getting a lot better on the basket, and, and that's been evident over this stretch. Yeah, I kind of, you know, a couple of years ago, the whole thing was Bam needs to shoot threes, Bam needs to shoot threes. I kind of think that, like, ship has sort of sailed. Like, and I think that's good. I don't think that's what, I mean, you like you said, it would have helped spacing if either yeah. he or Jimmy could be a 35% three-point shooter. It'd make a huge difference. But I think, first of all, one, this team, we've, I mean, the rebounding issues have been well documented with this team with how small they play. You need Bam around the rim for that one. Um, Not that the Heat are ever going to be like a really aggressive offensive rebounding team, but, you know, you get a couple extra possessions when he's playing around the rim. Um, And again, it's just more efficient for him. He's better. He's better suited to play near the basket. Like it's I mean, think of like we, we saw him play the Wolves last week. And I, I know a lot of Minnesota fans get frustrated by how much Towns is out on the perimeter. Like, sure, he's a good three-point shooter, but, you know, it's a lot better making lineups. Um, yeah. For, for even, unless you're in the top, top echelon of basketball, of, of shooters. And, you know, there's there's more of them now, obviously. Than, and there's some, some centers who probably aren't far off from it either. Uh, layup is going to be a more efficient shot all the time, right? It's not just yeah. threes, right? That's not the that's not the that's not the analytical recipe. It's not just shooting threes. It's shooting threes and getting layups and, and getting dunks. shots in the paint. Yeah, yeah. And, and just because and just be by the way, just because like Bam is getting into the paint consistently, it doesn't mean he's getting all of his shots at the rim. He's actually not. Like he's taking some of the most mo- among the most shots in uh, non-rim twos, like just in the paint, but not at the rim. Right. Which he's really that's kind of been his bread and butter right now. And I think that's important because we play a team like the Bucks. We've seen Bam struggle against that drop where they sag off of him, right? Where he just kind of settles for that mid-range jumper or passes up on that shot. Now he has that little in-between jumper where he can dribble into Brook Lopez, who may be sagging into the paint and kind of shoot over him, a little push shot, right? Like we've, yeah. we've kind of seen it's him. It's like, that. I mean, not to compare him to Giannis, but it's like what Giannis did a couple years yeah. ago, where before a couple years ago all he could do was dunk, and then the year they win the finals, all of a sudden he's got that little push shot and yeah, it's it important. changes everything. It's important. So I, I think definitely, like, I don't know. I'm not going to say, like, Bam's turned the corner because, again, I don't know what it's going to look like when Jimmy's in there. But I think Bam is definitely a better offensive player, and that's huge for this team. Um, long term, like, that's probably been the best, the best like, development so far this season is just Bam continuing to grow uh, offensively and showing kind of new 
new shots that he has in his bag that are going to be useful um, against really good defenses in the playoffs. Yeah, I'd say the two biggest positives from the last couple of weeks are Bam and, and Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah, and Caleb, get, by the way. Caleb. Oh, Caleb, yeah. Caleb looks really, really good, too. Like, yeah. all of a sudden, P.J. Tucker, who you can never, PJ Tuck, you never measure P.J. Tucker by stats, but Caleb is having, I think, a better season than P.J. at this point. Yeah. Like, I mean, the way he's shooting threes, the way he's kind of found his spot in the offense, um, as a, not, only a th- not only as a spacer, but a guy who could create for others and also score on his own, like create his own shot. Um, he's gotten a lot better too. And that's big for this offense as well. Yeah. Uh, going back to Bam, the, I mean, I, I think the, the nitpick has never been his necessarily his skill on offense. It's been his aggression and Assertiveness, you know, yeah. obviously his best stretches scoring wise have kind of always come with Jimmy out. Right. And that's natural. I mean, I still always think of that Brooklyn game during the COVID year where I think Jimmy was out and they were down to like seven or eight guys. And he I think scored 40 in that game, maybe more. Um, yeah. I think it was loss. pretty high. It was like 42 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so obviously it's always going to coincide with sure. your your best offensive player being out. Um, but, you know, I think just – so for him, what I'm more interested in is just finding ways to just keep getting more and more efficient and more and more ways to score in different types of lineups, right? Um, and I think, like you said, he's kind of done that this year by just being a more efficient scorer in the paint. Um, and I think taking better shots and obviously, you know, when Jimmy gets back, is he going to take more mid range jumpers? Probably right. Because Jimmy's going to get into the paint and draw guys in. And then that elbow jumper is going to be there more often than it is right now when he's the guy, uh, driving a lot of the offense, but, um, you're seeing right now, and he's not always going to play with Jimmy. Obviously they're going to stagger them sometimes. Um, so I think what we're seeing right now is just, you know, it's, it's, I don't want to say natural progression because obviously some guys don't progress like this year over year, especially, you know, Bam is still young, but he's kind of getting to the point where guys start to kind of hit their peak. Um, sure. Yeah. But I, I think we're seeing just, I think it, for me, what I'm more interested in than the shot volume is uh, the shot efficiency and, right. I, I and think the consistency that is what of it. Saying, yeah. Right. And the consistency yeah. of it. Right. Yeah. I mean, he can't have games where he only takes six or eight shots or whatever, like he does sometimes. Um, but I, I think I'm much more interested in rather than what can he do with 17 shots. I'm more interested, like what, what can he do with 12, 13, 14? Yeah. And, and then look, and there's still plenty of room for him to grow. Like I'm looking at and his field goal percentage is down and you look at the shot he's taking the most, like the non-rim paint shot, he's taking the fourth most in the NBA behind mm-hmm. Shea Gilders, Alexander, Trey Young and Jalen Brunson. Um, he's shooting 43% on that shot, which is basically league, league average. For, yeah. uh, his volume, it's that's a good number. And for mm-hmm. his volume, that's fine. But like, look at Kevin Durant, who's right hasn't taken that few, no much fewer than him. He's shooting 61% of those shots. <laughs> I'm not saying Bam is ever going to shoot 60% on that shot, but like, if he can get yeah, close to 50%, yeah, that's a huge difference. So there's still room for him to grow. Um, but I just think you know what we've seen these this first first month plus of the year, and especially the last two weeks, has been encouraging. Um, Kyle, we touched on it quickly. You mentioned playing sick. Uh, I, like I said, he's probably been the other big bright spot. I would sure, say yeah. in the last few weeks. Um, you know, he's Kyle Lowry, and he's gonna probably miss some time down the stretch. And you know, you worry about his health come playoff time. But but how encouraged have you been by what you've seen from him over these last uh, 
two weeks, basically, I guess. Very encouraged because lately, I mean, last few weeks and for like a few games, he had to be like the go-to guy, right? right? Like, yeah, yeah. Tyler Bam and Jimmy Rao, and he again a triple double. Um, he had his highest scoring first half or half ever in the NBA, which was insane. Like you never thought that would happen this season at this stage of his career. Um, So it's been really encouraging. I think just the fact that he's remained healthy, right. And he's playing last I checked, he has played the second most minutes in the NBA, which again, not ideal, but the fact that he's able to do it, um, it's a good sign. Um, So, yeah, I, I think, you know, when everyone is back, he can kind of slide back into that fourth option and he's shown he's more than capable of doing that, right? Like he can, if he's your fourth option, you have yeah. a really good team. So he'll get, he'll fill right back into that role. But yeah, it'll still be like they they still hadn't figured it out, right? Like Kyle was taking like four or five shots. I know when everyone was healthy because there were so many guys who needed the ball. Um, so they still have things to work out, but I think Kyle has kind of seen that he can still do it if he needs to. I think the Heat has kind of seen what he's capable of, and hopefully that will kind of coincide with him playing a bigger role in the offense, even with, you know, when guys get back. I, I said I don't worry too much about Bam Adebayo field goal attempts. I worry about Kyle Lowry. Like, yeah. you're only taking four shots. You can't do that. Like, you're the point no. guard. You have the you ball. You have to take ten hand. shots, at least. Yeah. yeah. Even if they're threes. Like, even if they're, yeah. like, sw- swing the ball and you got an open look, you got, you got to take it with, with the way this team is designed. Um, all right, I think we can close things out there. Um, follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony underscore Chang. Um, Barry's got the rest of this road trip, right? He's up in Boston for the next two. Yeah, and, and I'll be Memphis doing Memphis. I'm do- I'll oh, actually you're doing do Memphis. Memphis. Yeah, but I'll do it from home. So. Oh, okay, gotcha. Not going so, yeah. gotcha. So, uh, yeah, be sure to follow him and our, our colleague Barry Jackson. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at DBWilson2. Um, you have a lot more time on your hands these days. I know. <laughs> no, I don't have to book a flight to Birmingham, Alabama, or anything like yeah. that. Um, There's no chance, right? No chance at a ball at this point. No, no chance. No chance. I know academically you could no, 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 qualify. No okay. They're, they're too far down that list. I mean, I guess if a bunch of teams turned down bowls, like theoretically right. they could get it, but like there there are, I think they're like fifth or sixth on the list. And I think there is at most going to be two, five, and seven teams get in. So you would need quite a few teams to turn it down. Okay. And then there's like a couple other teams. Like New Mexico State might get in at five and six because they had a game canceled. Um, sure, yeah. So, um, but anyway, I'll, I'm going to San Jose. It's not really San Francisco. San Jose for for Dolphins this weekend. So that should be fun. really that's yeah, fun. That's, that's cool. That's the, definitely that. the most fun team in town right now, I would say. Um, so, anyway, uh, I think that wraps it up for us. Um, thanks as always for listening, and we will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>